Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Everybody to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday, podcast1.com and iTunes. Thank you for downloading, listening, streaming, subscribing, whatever you do to connect. We appreciate you doing it. And we are set and ready to go for another great episode that I hope you certainly will enjoy. Hope everybody had a great week since we talked last. I had an insane week of travel last weekend. I ended up flying from New Jersey to San Diego to Vermont in less than 48 hours. (laughs) It was absolutely crazy. And it really showed the two very different worlds of music festivals. I've said many times we are in a day and age now where everybody at various levels is doing some sort of music festival. And quite frankly, I think we've reached the point of saturation and there's maybe a bit too many. But that being said, there are some that are incredibly well run and that go really, really well. And I had a taste of that in San Diego last week at a festival called Kaboo. I was there filming the second episode of what will be a new TV series coming out next year of me covering music festivals. And that thing was a massive festival. I mean, it had a very eclectic lineup incredibly well done, incredibly well run, a great setting, beautiful weather, huge bands from Chili Peppers to Tom Petty to Muse, and uh, chefs and comedians. I mean, it was massive. And then I left that and flew all the way to Vermont overnight and then drove two hours through farmland only to get to another smaller 80s festival that I was supposed to host last Saturday called Shrindom and only get there and find out that that had been canceled an hour or two before it was about to start because of money issues. <laughs> it's, it's unreal. Uh, the, the, the different worlds I experienced in, in less than 24 hours in the world of music festivals. And I don't, I don't, you know, I still am not quite sure what happened. I'm still not quite over the fact of what I did to get to Vermont to, to be at, at this festival and to see it bottom out like that. But, um, you know, I feel for the fans too. This stuff happens. It's not the first time it's happened to me. It won't be the last. Some people handle it better than others. Some of these festivals end up making good with the people they screwed. We'll see if that ends up being the case. Nobody wants this stuff to happen, but man, does it suck when it does. But as for this other festival, Kaboo, that couldn't have been bigger and better and better well run. And man, that was a really cool experience. First time ever checking that one out. We'll see where that one goes going forward. And like I said, when I can tell you more about this TV show that I'm working on, I'll let you know. The next festival I'll be at and shooting at is in Louisville, Kentucky in a little over a week called Louder Than Life. 
So if you're headed to that one, maybe I'll see you and you'll see me knocking around there with a with a camera crew. Um, from there, I go to L.A., do a week of radio for my volume show on Sirius XM from Los Angeles. And then that leads into the Dio Cancer Fund event on October 6th, the Bowl for Ronnie event, which I host every year and is so much fun helping raise money for the Dio Cancer Fund. That's at PINS in Studio City on October 6th if you happen to be in that part of the country and you want more information, you want to come out, docancerfund.org is where you'll get that additional information. So got some appearances coming up, as usual, as they are confirmed and come in. They are on the homepage of my website, eddietrunk.com. October 22nd, I'll be in Tulsa at the IDL Ballroom, hosting Warrant and Firehouse. And then coming up on October 28th and 29th in Tremont, Illinois, at a place called Diesel Dicks, will be the Rock and Skull event which has had some changes, but apparently is a go for those dates. And also I'll be in uh, Brookshire, Texas, just outside of Houston, November 11th, Parfest. And this one just announced officially, excited to be coming back to Dallas on December 16th to host the second ever, well, they call it Hair Metal Holiday. Not a huge fan of that name, to be honest with you, but the venue and the event is awesome. And this year, headlined by my old friend, Ace Fraley. So I'll see you there on December 16th for a great celebration at the Bomb Factory in Dallas. Great venue as well. Had a blast there doing that last year. As the other events come in, they'll all be on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. Don't forget, all my appearances are there. There is a merch store there. There's music news updated on a daily basis there. You can email me through the site, sign copies of my books, merch, all on eddytrunk.com. And the Trunk Report is my blog, so have a look at that as well when you are over on my website. So today, uh, this week's podcast, we had a great town hall last week with Deep Purple. Hope you enjoyed that. And the Sirius XM town halls just continue to keep coming here because I've got another one for you this week. And these are a lot of fun to do. And again, they happen live on my show on volume on Sirius XM, which is Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on channel 106. And it replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And every once in a while, well, every week, I cherry pick one of the interviews from the many, many, many things I do there on a daily basis and bring those to you on the podcast. So you get a little taste of what I do on a daily basis on volume. If you are not a Sirius XM subscriber, I so, certainly hope you come over and join me for this for these shows live when we do them every day. But uh this week one of the I did two more town halls. One was Stone Temple Pilots which which is not aired yet. That's the only town hall I did that was pre-recorded. The one I'm bringing to you this week did air about a week and a half ago, and it's with a band that just started their tour of the U.S. with Megadeth opening, Scorpions. And this week is an interview with Klaus and Matthias from Scorpions, who at the time that we did this, about a week and a half ago, they were just getting ready to kick off their U.S. tour. They had just gotten into the U.S. a couple days earlier. Originally, Rudolf Schenker was supposed to join us for this as well, but Rudy was not feeling well. But we had a great conversation in front of a live audience at the SiriusXM headquarters in New York with Klaus and Matthias from Scorpions. They're out there on tour. Scorpions, another one of those bands that they had originally said that they were going to retire and that they were done and they weren't going to continue. And, of course, we have now found they are very much continuing and are continuing to do dates. They've got Mickey D in the band now from Motorhead playing drums. They seem very happy with him doing that. And they are, uh, as you hear in this town hall, making some new music and seem reinvigorated. I think Klaus and Rudy are in their early 70s at this point. I was not able to make the concert that they did at the Garden a couple days after this interview was done in New York because I was traveling. But people that I do know that went to the show said good things about it. So I've said this many, many times. To me, age of an artist is irrelevant as long as the artist can still do it well. And you're not asking why are they still doing it and as long as they're not showing cracks. 
And by all accounts, Scorpions are still doing well. So uh, if you're going out there to see them, great. Enjoy on this current tour. I'm going to try to catch a show somewhere outside of the U.S. Or I'm sorry, somewhere outside of the New York, New Jersey area, which they've now already played before this tour wraps up. Because if you are a fan of these bands, you just don't know how much more they have left and how much more they'll continue to do. So Klaus and Matthias from Scorpions talking about all sorts of stuff. Questions from the live audience we had assembled. Again, this aired a couple weeks ago as a Sirius XM Town Hall live on my show on volume. So that's what we have for you. We're going to uh, reset here, take a little bit of a break, and then we will come back and we'll welcome those guys in on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. And, oh, don't forget, my goodness, I don't want to forget to remind you that I've got an Amazon store. Please check it out. It's very, very cool. As a matter of fact, as I'm talking to you, I am typing it into my browser right now because I had some changes to my Amazon store, and I want to make sure they're there. Yep, there it is. Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. When you go there, you will see stuff that will be of interest to you that you may be interested in buying or things I may be talking about on this podcast. For instance, new to my store, the new Black Country Communion record, the new Alter Bridge Live, Pete Way's book, the Metal Blade Records book. Some cool stuff in there. The Winery Dog's new uh, DVD. So it's a great way to get a little taste of things that I've handpicked to put in my store. And you can uh, buy any of that stuff if you want or if you don't want. That's cool, too. Just go on to the uh, rest of Amazon through that page. Again, Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Whenever you are going to Amazon, start on that page. Take a look at what I have up there and then continue your shopping from that page anywhere else on the site. Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Coming right back with Scorpions on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Bluehost, ladies and gentlemen, they are the top-rated website provider, and they're powering over 2 million websites right now. If you're a blogger, small business owner... Bluehost has everything you need to build the website you always wanted. Bluehost is the best tool to build, host, and manage your personal or small business website. They give you the freedom to design your website your way without being limited to templates. And Bluehost also makes hosting your website stress-free. And who doesn't want stress-free? So you can get back to what matters most. Simple enough for beginners and powerful enough for even the most advanced users. Ultimate flexibility and control, fully customizable templates, and third-party app support. True reliability, ladies and gentlemen. 99.9% uptime guarantee and automated updates. Also, maximum security, so important today, including malware monitoring and protection and automatic secure WordPress installs. 24-7 tech support, online resources, and expert services to help you succeed and save time. Bluehost is the top recommended WordPress host on WordPress.org since 2005. Eddie Trunk listeners, save 50%. That's half. 50% when you sign up, bluehost.com slash Eddie Trunk. That's bluehost.com slash Eddie Trunk, B-L-U-E-H-O-S-T dot com slash Eddie Trunk. Go there, 50% off, get your own website and a good one too at a great deal. Bluehost.com slash Eddie Trunk. Here at Podcast One, we love hearing from you. We read every tweet and comment you send our way. So don't miss your chance to take our summer listener survey. Just go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. Or go to podcastone.com slash my survey. It only takes a few minutes and it gives you the opportunity to make a direct impact on your favorite shows. Tell us how you really feel so we can get to know you better. We value your thoughts and participation. So check out the survey at podcastone.com slash my survey or click on the survey banner on podcast one.com this is the eddie trunk podcast
Okay, parachute's ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Eddie Trunk back with you on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. As I mentioned before, Klaus and Matthias from the Scorpions joined me for a serious XM town hall. This aired live about two weeks ago prior to the band kicking off their U.S. tour, which they are now on with Megadeth supporting. This was done in front of a live audience at Sirius XM for my volume show, which is daily on Sirius XM channel 106 volume, Monday to Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. So with that in mind, we send you now to the town hall and my interview with Scorpions on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. So let's welcome them right now. Oh, Matthias. Give it up for Klaus and Matthias one more time, everybody. How are you guys? Welcome back to America and to New York City. It's always great to see you. Thank Thank you you so much. much. Good to see you. I mean, it seems like... Whenever we come to America, first thing we run into is Eddie Trunk. You know? <laughs> yeah. Am I at the airport with a sign? <laughs> yes. Welcome, Scorpions. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> with tons of records to sign. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I was thinking about this the other day when I knew I was going to be talking to you guys today. And I remember not too long ago, maybe like 10, 11 years ago, you were playing a show in Oklahoma. It was at a place, there was like a, a zoo in the back. Remember, there were animals and we were all, and you guys had played and afterwards you pulled me into the dressing room and i thought i was going to interview you and you klaus ended up interviewing me do you remember that i remember this yeah with our friends uh, beavis and butthead right so, <laughs> you know that's where some mega cool fans from from the chicago area uh, they keep following us for so many years whenever we come to the States. And uh, so they were hanging at that gig as well. Or was it just Timmy? You know, but I remember he was there. And then we, we said, okay, Eddie Trunk, now we take interview. We make interview with you. <laughs> well, the reason why I bring that up is because it was what you were talking to me about at the time. And that was the fact that you had just started to tour in the U.S. again and start to play. And you were sort of kind of like trying to figure it all out again. You were saying, hey, what's going on here in the U.S.? You know, we don't feel the same sort of energy that we felt for Scorpions. The same amount of people aren't coming out. Now you're getting ready to start a tour. I mean, you're playing Madison Square Garden. So obviously some things have changed, right? Yes. I mean, it was uh, the second half of the 90s hit us as well. Uh, the 90s were bad for most bands from the 80s, the classic rock bands. And we were lucky with like a big album like Crazy World with hits like Wind of Change, Send Me an Angel, <clears throat> Tease Me, Please Me. We had songs uh, that, uh, you know, helped us go through the first half of the 90s. But the second half was kind of tough on everybody uh, and also on us. And so we needed to, to come back in the early 2000, I think it was 2004, mm. with Unbreakable, mm-hmm. that we like, got back into our own path and our own style. And uh, we were not listening to anybody else from the record industry anymore. You know, they said, you know, in the late 90s. You got to change your style. Everything is old fashioned from the 80s. And meanwhile, you hear the radio station people go, oh, the greatest musical decade ever was the 80s. So there you have it. So did, then did we came you, back. Did you feel, uh, did you feel Klaus, that the, the, at that time that it was a, a tough time for Scorpions to try to navigate what you should and shouldn't be doing? As, as Matthias said, people in your ear, you guys want to stay true to what you do. You have, the, you have a certain segment of fans. You also want to grow and evolve. I mean, talk about how you were feeling as you know, one of the founding members of the band dealing with all that. Yeah, I mean, in the 90s, I mean, we had a long career already back then. Yeah. You know, and uh, with all the ups and downs throughout all those decades, and I mean, 
with this huge success of Crazy World, and especially in Europe with Wind of Change, you know, so then it was like grunge came in and... Uh, It was like in the record companies. I remember here in New York, you know, came to our label and uh, we didn't recognize anybody anymore. It, and, and they didn't recognize us. You know, it was like we never been before here in America. It was all different. It wasn't like, what you're doing here. You're, you're past. You're 80s. Uh, so go home. This is it. You know, there was a whole new generation of... of uh, A&Rs and the labels and new bands, the whole vibe, it was like, okay, we're doing what we're doing. We have quite of a pretty good history, uh, but it was like, seems like it's over. You know, so we struggled throughout the 90s, and yes, we did some albums with that were more focused on ballads and stuff so but it was like like fading out and towards the end of the 90s it it became really like looking for where where is our place you know and uh, i remember we recorded an album eye to eye in austria with with uh, Peter Wolf, who used to be a keyboard player, and Frank Zappa, pretty cool guy, you know, he had a great studio in the mountains, it was beautiful, you know, but uh, he tried uh, to to change us also a little bit, and uh, we were not sure where, where we belong anymore, you know, I remember... Uh, running into Cliff Richard, like a British singer. Mm -hmm. He was at the same time also in a, in a studio complex. And uh, so he came to me and said, Klaus, Peter Wolf, always the producer, he wants me to, to sing very high. But that's totally not my style of singing. I said, with me, it's the other way around. He wants, <laughs> I go up there really high, but he wants me to sing low. So I ended up in all those songs, <clears throat> when the sun was going, you know, I was singing uh, in those low keys. And uh, in the end, it was an album that was interesting. But for our fan base, it was like, oh, come on, they lost it. I think uh, Rudolf's brother called him and said, are you guys making dance music now or something? <laughs> so we were experimenting. And for the whole vibe in the band, it was like it didn't feel right. You know? so, and it, it took some time to come back. And uh, when we uh, made this album with the Berlin Philharmonics and later on Acoustica, it was like getting back to where this band, what this band is all about. And uh, in 2003, I think, with Unbreakable, we found back to what made this band strong in the first place, you know. And we were, uh, yeah, we were ready to, to, to do it again, you know. But the end of the 90s, it was really tough, and many bands didn't survive. Many classic rock bands from, that were, they were big in the 80s, but in the 90s, it, it was tough. And funny enough, or ironically, uh, for so many uh, alternative bands, 10 years later, they were facing the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, so we learned that what we learned about it was like it goes in circles, you know, so just the, the strongest survive, you know, and you have to believe in yourself and what you do and, and, and just go for it. And but we learned our lessons, you know, and uh, we came back. So you can imagine this time that they interviewed me. Klaus was asking me the answers to all these questions, how to get back. And I'm saying, I wish I knew, Klaus. I'd be a millionaire if I knew what to tell you. But you just kept doing what you're doing. And that's the interesting thing about Scorpions is during those times, because a lot of people look back and they look at the 90s and when the scene changed and some of them went away. Some of them ended. Some of them broke up. Some of them fell apart. But Matthias, you guys never ended. You took some different steps. You tried some different things, but it, you always persevered. And I imagine in other parts of the world was a little bit different because you're so big globally. I'm sure outside of America, was Scorpions looked at differently as that at that time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we we always continued. Uh, now looking back, we can you know we have a different perspective. We can say this is why this happened. This is why this happened. When you're in the middle of it, you don't know. We, we felt like we were struggling a bit, especially, uh, you know, as far as the fan base in Europe and America was concerned. But at the same time, we had like a big hit in, uh, in Asia, you know, with you and I and the Pure Instinct album. We were super successful. And uh, in the early 2000s, we had like a diamond award for 
an album called Acoustica, mm-hmm. an unplugged album from uh, Portugal, which we recorded in Old Monastery, probably not even released here in the States. It got a Diamond Award, meaning it sold more than double platinum, whatever it means. Very successful. Uh, I think we played in 82 countries in our uh, long career, and uh, therefore we were not really suffering from one or another market, like, you know, being weak at a certain time. We were busy enough in the rest of the world. But still, looking back, uh, you know, we know much better now that... uh, it affected us, you know, it affected the entire music industry, especially the radio and, and the record company people. And as a sensitive musician, even though you, you think you know what you've been doing, and as Klaus said, we had a long career behind us in the late 90s already, but uh, as a sensitive person, it still gets to you, even if you don't want to. And every guy's, oh, you know, that's you know, this distorted guitar shit, you know. Yes, yeah, it made the career for a few. Yeah, I mean, there, but, you know, that's how it was in, in the studio, you know. It was really weird, you know, because it was like, oh, no, please, no lead guitar solo. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, here I am. Uh, yeah. No uh, solo again. No, no. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, we we find something else, Hendrix. you know. Let's find something else. Matthias was, was like, like if we're not going to do solos, you don't need me then. Exactly. Rudolph can just play. I mean, you know, we really cut that short because, you know, think about this, the, the stupidity. And then the result is the album wasn't that successful. Yeah. So, you know. We went back to our own way, not listening to anybody but ourselves, and that's much better. You know, you you think about a a 50-year career, which is just unbelievable, and as we sit here and talk, you know, Klaus, I'm thinking about the earliest days of the band, Lonesome Crow and the first introduction to Scorpions and the different versions of the band and the different lineups, but you're right, it has, you've seen from your perspective all ends of this because... Scorpions start out late 60s, early 70s, and you guys have this whole career throughout the 70s that's very successful in certain parts of the world, except for America. So you were dealing with that even in the earliest days of trying to figure things out, right? Like saying, wait a minute, we can go and make a a live album like Tokyo Tapes in Japan and have all these people love us. And here in America, most people even know who Scorpions were. So you've experienced this a number of times in the 50-year career of the band, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, don't forget, for so many bands, it goes for America as much as for for Europe, or like our country back home in Germany. Uh, When you sing your songs, you write your songs, sing, perform your songs in your mother language, uh, you perform in your country for your people. That goes for most of the American bands. Uh, They don't go all over the world. So many of those American bands, they they pretty much focused on on their market, on America, you know. And of course, there are many acts these days. They also go overseas and are successful there as well, you know. But that's not like a given thing, you know. And it's the same the other way around. For European acts, uh, I mean, so many bands like us, when we started, dream about one day we play America. Oh, come on. <laughs> you know, they're waiting for you. Yeah. So it's like it's like a dream. And for many, it, it's just a dream forever because they never can make it true. We did. We always believed in ourselves. But the, the thing is, when you start writing <laughs> lyrics in English, you know, the, for, for a band that is guitar orientated for this, this kind of uh, classic rock style, we always believed that it sounds the best in English, even though we couldn't speak it really well, you know, but it sounded great. You know, we wanted to do it and <laughs> sing in English. And finally, at the end of the day, it was a ticket for a world career. You know, so otherwise you never would have heard about Scorpions, a band from Germany, you know, because like all those other German acts, I mean, the fact that most of them these days sing in German in in their own language and they're very successful doing so, but they never have a chance to play in France or next door in Holland or, you know, they go, you know, no way, you know. So if some of those very successful German artists, if we tell them we play next week, maybe square garden they go what the fuck you know <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah how they're doing that you know <laughs> so it's something 
it's <laughs> it's it's far beyond your wildest dreams you know but where we are now it's like it's long story you know and just going through up and downs and especially mm -hmm. when you're mm -hmm. when you're down mm -hmm. then to have a band where friendship is, is solid you know and where you are you feel we're a team we face bad times now okay then we we try to figure out you know if we're strong enough if we're good enough and this was the thing When we went uh, and played the first time in America, we had to figure out, are we really good enough? When was that? What was the very first time you played in America? It was in 79, the World Series of Rock in Cleveland, Ohio. Animal Magnetism Tour? No. no Love, before. Love Drive? Love Drive. Love Drive. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> you yeah, know, big Stadium, Cleveland, we played early in the morning, 10.30. That was your there first. Were, there were already 30,000 people in the stadium. Yeah. And that was your us, first ever American show? First ever American show. Unfortunately, I lost the t shirt. <clears throat> yeah, really. The bill was Ted Nugent headlining, Aerosmith, um, ACDC, no, Journey, ACDC, Thin Lizzy. Scorpions. It's still a great bill. Try to get that the order, together today. The order would I, be a little different, but it was, it's still yeah, a great bill. A yellow t-shirt, which <laughs> unfortunately I lost. And uh, it was fantastic because uh, like Neil Sean from Journey and uh, I don't know if Joe Perry was there in the morning. When we played... Probably not. Uh, <laughs> or still up, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> we played and, you know, they, we were told 30 minutes. That's it. You know, th th those days it was strict. And so we played and played, but we couldn't stop. And we really went down well. So they went, what do we do with these crazy Germans? <laughs> and somebody said that we need to pull the plug. Ah, oh, we can't do this. So they tried to talk to us, but our English was very bad. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't really listen. So we played at least 40 minutes. And uh, But Neil Sean was there from Journey just to watch us because he had heard the Scorpions are a great live band. And it was a very, very good first show. <laughs> We played in the States back in 79. Wow, that's awesome. So many more stories to get into. 50 years of Scorpions, the band getting ready to kick off a tour with Megadeth supporting. Go to the, your, uh, the go to Scorpions website, find a date near you, and hopefully go see this great band as they come through America one more time. And we'll find out if there's going to be more times, too, because you guys flirted a number of years ago with that whole farewell retirement thing, and thankfully you're still here doing it. So I want to find out where that stands, and I also want to get, uh, we got a great audience here sitting in front of us watching the interview will include your questions as well this, this is the eddie trunk podcast so anybody that is doing any hiring do you know the right place to post your job to find the best candidates because if you're hiring that's what you want right you want the best most qualified candidates well that place would be zip recruiter You can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. And then their powerful technology at ZipRecruiter efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else because that's what you want, the right people. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within a day. One day, no juggling emails or calls to your office. You simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K. ZipRecruiter.com slash trunk. One more time, try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash T-R-U-N-K Trunk. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Last time you toured, I know you had Queensryche uh, with you. You did yeah. the you did the residency in Vegas that I came to not yeah, too long ago. Last, last year was, was fantastic. Actually, they... Every other year we played Vegas, they came to us and approached us and going like, come on, Scorpions, do a residency. And then last year we did it for the first time. We did five shows at the, the Hard Rock, yeah. the Hard Rock Hotel, and uh, it was pretty cool. And you can understand why so many artists, they love playing Vegas because the fans come from all over the world. 
to see their favorite artists, you know, and, and you have your your place, you know, for band and crew, and you don't need to move every other day like we do now and every other year. We're used to it, you know. It's normally like when you play more than two shows in one theater or one venue, it's like, God, it feels like going to work, you know. <laughs> oh, so you like to move around. Most, most artists like to move around. Oh. But I must say, we really, all of us, we really enjoyed that residency. It was really cool, and they treated us really like Elvis. And it, it was, <laughs> it, we had the biggest billboard on the strip, you know, and, and it was really cool. We enjoyed it, and we might do it again. Yeah, I, I love I love that. And I know most it's interesting that perspective though, because most acts the reason they do it is because they don't have to go anywhere, they don't have to move, the fans come to them. But you after all these years, Matthias, you too, you like the travel, you like to be on the planes and moving around? I mean traveling is not that bad since we, we travel comfortable. But um, You're not in coach fighting for the exit row? No. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, but uh, of course, I mean that's the uh, the the most exhausting part of touring. You right. know, I love to be on stage. A two hour show is nothing because we are enjoying it. No, nobody can talk to us. Huh. And uh, <laughs> because we are too loud. And um, <laughs> but the traveling part is okay. Living out of a suitcase. I don't know how we did it like 30, 35 years ago when we had only one suitcase. Maybe that was it because it was so simple. But today we have more than one suitcase, many more, Klaus. <laughs> and, and that makes it, of course, well, more complicated. Well, look at how fashionable like, Klaus is. Coming, Come on. Coming through emigration. It's a nightmare. Coming through emigration. But here's goes, is that all yours, Klaus? You know, it's like... Yeah, all piled he had up like on a, a one six or seven or something. Uh, yeah. cases. You know the thing is, only six. in America, it's the old rock and roll romantic to be on a tour bus. You know, absolutely, it really is. You know, when you're back home, you know, ah, oh, we go back to America. You know, and you're looking so really forward. You know, to to feel. You know, this kind of vibe, you know, you, you, you play a show, go back on the bus, you know, have a pizza, have a beer out of the fridge, you know, drive into the night and wake up in the morning and when you look out of the window, you see the Rocky Mountains or the sunrise in Texas, you know, and, and Phoenix, Arizona, you know, it's, it's beautiful. It's really cool. But the reality is, after one and a half weeks on the bus, you go, oh, how long I have to ride this bus, you know? <laughs> Because, you know, it's you're in your bunk, you know, it's like all Six night long, later. hours and hours and hours. And this is the way you travel America. But for the long trips, longer than 10 or 12 hours, we, we take the plane, you know, to make it a little easier. Let One suitcase. <laughs> Just to carry on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you guys about something you touched on earlier. The band's history, all these decades, in different parts of the world when you travel, you mentioned there are songs that in certain countries are hits and certain countries they don't know. Here in America, as much as I love mm. most of the eras of the band and know the early stuff as well as the 80s stuff, here in America, it's mostly about blackout and those records in that yeah. period. So when you get ready to tour like you are now, you I imagine you have to go through a process and look at what country you're in. You mentioned you played in 80-something countries and say, okay, this sort of set is going to be better received here, and oh, we're in Japan, so we better not leave out this material. Whose job is that, to sit there and look at it and match up the set that's going to work best for where you are? I mean, due to uh, the internet in general, but YouTube and all those um, outlets, uh, the world has come closer together, also in terms of who likes what of, out of our like, set of songs. So it's not so different anymore. You know, 30 years ago, we depended on the local radio in Japan or Korea or Indonesia or wherever. And, uh, you know, people knew what the radio was playing more than... But today, it's, it's you know, it's sort of like equalized. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the difference of uh, our set list is not that big anymore. For example, No One Like You is a very big song in the U.S., and um, we definitely played over here, but we don't necessarily play it uh, in the rest of the world. In some yeah. countries we do, and sometimes we don't. And that's just one example. And so we change around a few songs, but, you know, the people, our audience wants to hear the songs they like, the big songs. So let's say we have 10, 12, we always play. 
So the rest of the set list is like we can throw in a few new songs. We like to have a like a different opening song just for us, you know, so to just start the show in a different way. That's usually a song from the latest album. And then, you know, we this time, for example, we have a 70s medley, we call it. Songs from before my time, even, or from the 70s. And, uh, like, you know, shorter versions as a medley. And then we have another, another acoustic medley. So we vary, but we are within limits because the fans just have their favorites and we like to entertain them as good as we can. What's the one Scorpion song that no matter where you are in the world, you have to play? Is it, it starts with rock and ends with cane. <laughs> <laughs> so that one connected all everywhere. Yeah. That was everywhere. That, that made an impact Absolutely. everywhere. That's, That's the song. Wide. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking too, Matthias, here in the U.S., a lot of that 70s stuff, the stuff with Yuli, which I love and many other people love, yeah, it, love was, it, it was very much off the radar here. So do you take full success for Scorpion's success, full credit for Scorpion's success in America? No, it's a band. It's a t- <laughs> I'm it's just a, kidding it's a, with you. I know, but it's, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what the difference is. Uh, of course, uh, Love Drive, my first album with the Scorpions, is the first worldwide release, so it released, yeah. yes. But I think... When I joined, we sounded more like a unit than what the band sounded like in the 70s. Mm-hmm. It was a bit like, you know, some sounds or songs were like on this side, a bit Hendrix influenced, and then uh, some other stuff that was like giving you the direction of what there was to come. But I think since I joined, it's more like it sounds more like a unit, more like a team effort than before. Were, were you, Klaus, were you prepared? Because you had Love Drive, you had Animal Magnetism, great records with Matthias. But were you prepared and did you see that blackout when you were making it? Did you have a feel that it was going to be the one that was going to finally break America for you? Did you have that sense when you were making that record? No, because all my senses were focused on my voice and my voice was gone. You had problems then, right? Yeah. So I was not thinking about anything other than my voice, you know, and the band was in the studio, they recorded all those tracks, and I heard the tracks, you know, in the back of my mind, and I knew that's some kind of a mountain I have to climb with my voice, and my voice was at the bottom of those mountains, you know, and I, I had the feeling I never make it up there, you know, so I was not, not thinking of the impact that record really had, uh, but... I mean, I told this story so many times, you know, so fortunately, my after surgery, my voice came back, you know, and I recorded those tracks, and uh, we made this album, and it had this extra power, this extra energy, you know, it, it was in there. My, about my part with the vocals on the album, because finally I made it back there, you know, and I, I gave everything I, I had to give, you know. I just wanted to sing. I wanted to, to to make it work, you know, and I did. I was just, I think all of us, we were were glad it turned out that way, and we, we finished the recordings, and we went out on tour, and then life, it was even better. And I, I remember that... Uh, I said to the guys, and I managed to sing those tracks, but I have no idea on a tour for six months in America uh, if I survived the first four weeks. Right. I, I have no idea. I really don't know. You know, so it was like, well, it's been the longest encore, as we know now, and uh, fortunately it worked out fine. And for me, with all the success that came in with this record, you know, for me, the best part was my voice was back, you know, and I was not thinking about anything else, you know. This this is just the reality of a singer, and when you lose your instrument and uh, you fight so hard to get it back, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's been a, a story that's been pretty dramatic for me, and it's been a, a story of friendship as well, and... B- bringing this team even stronger together you know going through those hard times troubled times and uh, we've made it all together and uh, what came out was uh, was a very powerful record and the success of the tour topped it on on top of it you know it was the ice on the cake was fantastic you were worried about doing four to six weeks coming off a blackout and going on tour how long did the blackout tour go for total 
Much more than a year. Yeah. I remember um, we came from L.A. to Tokyo, and uh, we were given these wonderful-looking aluminum uh, backstage passes with some Japanese design on it, and it had the number 182. And I was so stupid to ask our tour manager, what does this number mean? And he said, that's show number 182. And so I remember this because we were always talking about we give 100%. We were all jet-lagged. We were all tired. And then when he told me that, I realized to the Tokyo fans, it's show number one. Right. And for us, it's show number 182. And uh, we have to give it 100% again, even though we are jet-lagged and tired, just because it's number one for them. And they deserve it. We, uh, we will get the audience questions in the last segment now, uh, but a couple quick things about what's going on now. You mentioned during the break, Klaus, you recorded a couple new songs? Yeah, you know, there's a, a, like a Best of Ballads album coming out with Sony Music uh, later this year in the fall, and uh, they wanted us to come up with a couple bonus tracks, and uh, we went in the studio, and and everybody came up with, with great ideas. And we just, before we came here, we just finished the recording sessions and uh, listened to the first mixes and stuff. And uh, sounds pretty good, you know. And it's going to be, it's going to be uh, a best of ballads, uh, but with those new tracks. And it's going to be a cool project, you know. Sony Music approached us and said, come on, guys, you have so many powerful songs. And uh, we want to put it together in a, some kind of uh, uh, compilation uh, you guys never did before. So that's coming out, I guess, in November. And uh, So it's the romantic Scorpion set. It's, it's uh, all the ballads. It's all the ballads. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I... <laughs> Hate to be nice is the title track <laughs> from Face, Face the... <laughs> No, but you know, it's uh, it will be a, a real powerful album, and in many parts of the world, uh, don't forget. I mean, here in America, it's more the rock you like a hurricane. It's more the hard stuff, but uh, in other parts of the world, uh, Scorpions are very famous for the ballads like "Loving You." In France, they go like, "Oh, le slow," you know. It's like. Uh, yeah, and uh, still loving you is big here though too. Yeah, that it's was big, big here, here. too. Yeah. You know, so or in Asia, you know, they love the ballads on Russia, Wind of Change. You know, all those songs are, are very powerful, equally as powerful as as Rocky like like a hurricane here. Uh, I didn't want to say the hurricane words, so but uh, yeah. okay. But uh, so they're in different. We talked about this in different parts of the world. You know, people like different types of music, and. Uh, so we have we have we can offer this between the rockers and and the ballads. That was also a popular album a long time ago. Yeah, I remember that compilation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, always somewhere is one of my favorites. If you want yeah, to go back, that's, that's a, cool a song. great great song. Yeah, uh, we've got to hit a break, and then we're going to come back. We have a little more time here with Klaus and Matthias again. Sea Scorpions going out on tour with Megadeth. Go to the website. I think is thescorpions dot com. If I'm not mistaken, do we know for sure? I think yes. so. Right, yeah. these scorpions. Scorpions.com. Go there, find a date wherever you're listening, see if the guys are uh, coming your way. They start in Pennsylvania and then hit Madison Square Garden and then work their way around the country. Uh, traveling coach by the uh, back seat, putting Matias all the way in the back. Yeah, I have the back lounge reserved. <laughs> uh, we'll come back. We'll take some questions from the audience as we continue with the guys in Scorpions. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Oh, you all know about True Car by now, right? Well, there's something about True Car a lot of people don't know, and that's using True Car can help you buy a used car. In fact, there are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. Whether you're looking to buy new or used, you can get upfront pricing, information that empowers discounts off the list price for used cars, and an overall better buying experience through the True Car certified dealer network. There's over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. You'll see what other people paid for the car you want, so you can now know what a fair price is and feel confident. With True Car, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing so you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience. And using True Car, you can easily find the new or used car you want. So when you're ready to buy a new or a used car, 
Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Check it out, TrueCar. Want to know why Attack Each Day was on top of the iTunes charts in its first week? What the hell's going on around here? I ripped my headphones off, spun around, and flinged them. I turn around, and my dad is like three inches from my face. And he says, go get him. Gentlemen, we're going to attack this day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Brought to you by Podcast One Sports. Hear Jim Harbaugh, Jack Harbaugh, and JT Rogan share their stories every Tuesday on Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, and podcast1.com hey you guys i want to ask you once again if you would help out and be nice enough to take just a few minutes and uh and check out the podcast one survey the responses that you do on this survey help us align the appropriate advertisers to my audience and what that means is when you do hear ads because this podcast is free they are ads for things you would care about things that are tailored towards your interests it makes the ads even enjoyable because you might hear about something you'd actually like so it really helps us out helps keep the podcast free and helps just get a little idea of the things that are of interest to you it's very short it's completely anonymous it takes no more than five minutes to take the survey Easy way to do it, podcastone.com slash my survey, or go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. Either way, just if you would do that, it would help us out greatly and help you out because then the ads that you will hear on the podcast will be more of things of interest to you. Now, even if you've done this survey in the past, we thank you, but we ask you to do it one more time. And for everybody at the Eddie Trunk Podcast and Podcast One, we appreciate you doing it. Again, podcastone.com slash my survey or go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. Less than five minutes, totally anonymous, and we just would love to get that info. It'll help us all out. Thank you so much. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Get that mic up close so we can hear you, Russ. Okay, my question is, have you had any collaborations with any of the new metal bands that are out today? Megadeth. Yeah. <laughs> Younger, right? Exactly. Uh, any bands that you've seen yeah, today? I that mean, you... Collaboration, you mean if we, we recorded or played with them? Influenced. Influenced. We influence them, but not the yeah, other way around. That's what I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, you know, I mean, here and then, uh, their managers they they come approach us and, and go like, "Come on, Klaus, how, how about like singing a a, a duet with uh, a, a young German band they call Beyond the Black? It's like a young symphonic metal band. They have a female singer, and uh, we had them on tour with us in Germany, being our support band, our special guest." And pretty cool band. I just saw they go for the first time to Japan now, play Loud Park Festival. So they're also like a German band, singing in English and trying to make it like going all over the world. Pretty cool. It, it didn't work out uh, for me. I, I like the idea to to support like a, a young uh, German band. Uh, but it worked out because our own recording sessions and time was just limited and I couldn't make it. But this kind of thing is what you're talking about. And, and I think here and then it's really worth uh, take a closer look. And then if you like it and go for it, you know, I did a duet song with Ed Guy, the band Avanstasia. It's called The Project. It's also a German band. And we did a song together a couple of years ago. Uh, and that, that was pretty cool. Do you, you know. guys keep up with uh, with the, the with music that comes out today with the younger bands when you play on festivals? Do you get a chance to see them, or is it usually just kind of in and out, and you don't really get to keep up? Or do you do you keep up with what's going on today? I mean, it's really difficult for us to see what's going on in the afternoon. We are always closing the show, so especially in festivals, we play ten at night in Southern Europe, the maybe midnight, you know, very very late. So we have to conserve our energy and not hang around the place uh, in the afternoon, especially when it's like uh, 100 degrees outside, like the summer in Spain. Uh, it's difficult. So we, we miss the live performances of those bands in the afternoon. It's nothing we can do. Right. Where's Timothy Torres? Hey, Timothy, you're up next. We'll get you a mic. Hi, guys. My question is, is there any differences in playing in the 80s and now? 
Yes, uh, I mean, if I understand the question right, uh, even though we play the very same songs, times have changed. We are like in a time capsule, you know, we do the same thing, the world changes, and 30 years later, it's you have the feeling, if you really go deep into it, that it's received in a different way. You know, there's the same people from the 80s in the audience who uh, have changed themselves also. They're also like 30 years older. And uh, it's not the same, to answer your question. It is we play the same, but the world has changed. And our music, it used to be, uh, I remember they played like uh, songs like No One, like You, Rocky, Like a Hurricane in 82, 84, 86, 7 in the supermarket. You know, in the grocery store. But today, not anymore. So, yeah, that means like it, the music was so established at some point that you felt like you are part of the whole world and the generation that was like loving this type of music. That is like memory lane to many, many people today. And even though the places we play are full and the people love it and we have a whole new generation listening to our music, but they're, they're, from, they're so much younger, they are not part of this when this all was founded, when this was, you know, created. So it is different today. Klaus, anything you want to add about the differences no, now? No, that's absolutely right. You know, the world has changed. And uh, the, the good thing is, you know, playing after all these years, playing in front of three generations, you know, I think that's a privilege, really, to see also the young kids in front of the stage. You know, so people sometimes they ask us, you know, so Klaus, how long do you want to do this? You know, and my answer is if you would see what I see when I go out on stage and see all those kids in front of the, the catwalk, you know, going totally nuts, singing along songs that were written way before they were even born. You know, it's just wonderful that that we can make the connection that our music can make the connection with with a young audience as well and the the older folks sitting up there you know and they watch it and puts a big smile on their faces <laughs> to see the kids rocking out the same they did back in the 80s right so it's it's a cool thing so yeah, yeah the older folks sitting up there staying out of the sun and coming yeah. late too so they don't get yeah. too tired right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Let's get another question here from the, real quick before we take our next question. I do want to ask you just touched on it. Is it safe to say that scorpions aren't going anywhere for a while? Because again, you did what was kind of at the start was positioned as somewhat of a farewell tour. And then very quickly you said, no, we don't know what we're going to do. What, what is the future? How do you feel? I mean, do you think this is going to keep going for a while or what are you thinking? Well, we're riding into the sunset, right? <laughs> no, I mean, it's. I mean, we should have called this tour uh, "Unknown Territory Tour," you know, because for our generation of bands, you know, every other year getting older, you know, it means you really don't know. You know, right now it feels so good in in our hearts. I mean, we're we're twenty. You know, but the body is getting older, you know, so that means who knows, you know, just we saw the Stones at a big show in Germany. Wow, Jagger is 74, you know, he's doing an amazing job. I mean, but that's a blues band, you know, we're a hard rock band, so I don't know, it's a little different. <laughs> it's, no? Okay. So, Mitch still moves pretty but, good, though. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he moves. Yeah, yeah. He's still moving. Yeah, he's moving like crazy. It's amazing, <laughs> you know. And we always used to say, as long as the Stones, being a generation ahead of us, you know, as as long as they can do it, we don't give up, you know. And His name is Mick Jogger. Yeah. <laughs> I had so, D, I had Deep Purple here just last yeah, week, yeah. and they gave a very similar answer to what yeah. you. I asked. It's, I had three guys from that band. I had Ian, Ian, and, and Roger, and they all gave sort of. We we don't know, you know, we're just going to keep going. It feels you know, good. We're having it's fun. Really like, it feels like we could do this forever because it feels so good and it still feels so good. And it's really like a privilege that we still can live our dream. That's really, that's uh, the truth, you know. But reality is also that getting older, you know, it's like... 
It takes a lot of energy doing what we're doing, you know, and how long can we do it? I don't know. It's it's like really unknown territory with every other year. So we take it as it comes, you know, and, and hopefully uh, we can hold up to this level for hopefully, well, I don't know, a long time to come, you know, but for, for some kind time to come. I hope so, you know, because it feels so good. You know, it's, so what else can we do? We don't know, you know, because we're doing this for so long. No, but we'll see. You know, Speaking it's of no, no predictions into the future. It's simply impossible. We're just lucky that we are one of those bands in this generation where so many bands, they have to, to stop for various reasons, you know. And, but it, it's just not, let's see what, what is in our cards. We have to see what's, what the future will bring. But right now, it feels fantastic. And speaking of energy... You have a you have a new member of the band. Matthias isn't the new guy anymore after thirty five, forty years. Forty, almost thirty nine <laughs> to be exact. Yeah, we have Mickey D. Mickey D. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a very energetic person, um, and he's a fantastic drummer. He fits right in. We knew each other like you know from the old Lemmy days, like for at least thirty years. Like you know, we met each other like you know not on a regular basis but you know we knew who he was and uh it didn't take long for him to adapt to the new situation and um scorpion's music is different you know more complicated arrangements here and there but uh together we are a great team and he fits right in and he has a lot of power which is good for us and uh yeah, feels good. With he him. told me his biggest problem when he f- did because I was at one of the first shows he played with you, yeah. Rock, Oklahoma. Yeah, he said I the know. Vi- was, the biggest yeah. problem is he said he was looking for the cues and he couldn't see over the riser. I know. <laughs> you yeah, guys we, we shoot him way up there, <laughs> and uh, it's also the first time he plays with in-ear monitoring. That's the little headphones in your ears and not the big wedges, and uh, it was totally different than Motorhead, but. Um, that is, he adapted very well. Real quick, let's get our last two people in before we run out of time. Uh, Mike, where's Mike? Go ahead, Mike. What's going on, guys? A lot. Um, you guys still as passionate about playing and performing as when you first began? We are definitely uh, 100% passionate, and um, it's the same feeling when you get ready backstage you know i warm myself up i play guitar and blah 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 and then you know you change and and into your stage clothes and then you know the lights go out the curtain is falling and then you hear the roar of the audience and then you're totally excited and that hasn't changed at all passion rules the game wasn't that a song absolutely there you go right absolutely uh and where is heather go ahead heather Yes. Thanks, guys, for staying true to the music. I really appreciate it. I'm sure all your fans do. Uh, what drives you to continue to tour the world? What makes you? Present- what drive? What What's the drive? Still, I think kind of Klaus touched on this, but what yeah. is the drive to continue? Because you know, there's a lot of bands that don't like to leave as they get older they don't want to travel so much they don't want to go to certain parts of the world scorpions globally have always been huge uh, all over the world so to be able to get out and i imagine it's a bit of a challenge sometimes you don't want to do all that travel but we kind of touched on that before it really doesn't bother you huh you still okay with it well not so far i mean matthias mentioned that like these days uh the travel part is is more comfortable than than it used to be, uh, but still, you know, when you hit the jet lag, you know, and uh, it it is what it is, you know, and uh, you have to get over it and 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 make the best out of it. And it's uh, I think it's a thing when you go out on stage and everything works, you know. But bottom line is, it's only fun when you're healthy and when you can do it. <coughs> Otherwise, it's a struggle. If you if you be on a tour like this and you you're not in top shape, you better stay at home. You know that's just. I mean that but goes. But you can't. Yeah, that goes for everybody. I guess you know it's. I mean, you ha- you have to really try to treat yourself in a way that you can go through all this madness and to really realize uh, such a crazy schedule sometimes you play one night in toronto then just jump on the bus and next morning you wake up in chicago and and the same night you're on stage in chicago you know and it's about uh, eight days from now and you ask yourself oh, klaus how many times i did this in my life 
And, you know, and this is the kind of thing where it kind of can be a lot of pressure as well because you want to deliver every night a great show. And it's only fun, especially for a singer, if your pipe's doing it as well. You know, so to go on tour, do a to world tour like this, like we're doing for so many years, it's like... My heart says, yes, yes, you know. My vocal cords go, oh, God, not again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I've, I've had the opportunity over my years to introduce a lot of bands. And when I walk out on stage, a lot of times I'll look out at the monitor and it'll say, you are in Chicago. So because you guys, it's such a blur to remember what city you're in. Yeah, but we never had the problem. The old uh, Hello Cleveland running gag there <laughs> never happened to us. No. Actually... Well, my thanks to Klaus Mina and Matthias Yabs of Scorpions. And yes, that is how you properly say their names. Always fun to visit with those guys. Always fun to see them and check them out on their tour, currently making its way across the U.S. with special guest Megadeth. Thanks to Katie Rosari. She's the producer of the Eddie Trunk podcast. Remember, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Eddie Trunk. EddieTrunk.com is the website. And new episodes of the Eddie Trunk podcast happen every Thursday. PodcastOne.com and iTunes, as always, free. We appreciate you listening, spreading the word, and downloading each and every Thursday. When a new episode goes up, make sure you subscribe so you just get it sent automatically and you are good to go. See you next Thursday for another all-new episode. Have a good week, everybody. Smiley, you may know me from my PBS talk show. I'm excited to tell you that I have a brand new podcast that you can hear on podcastone.com. I'll discuss the latest in politics, sports, music, and much more with big thinkers, artists, and celebrities. I'll also share my own opinions and answer some of your questions. So join the conversation on the Tavis Smiley podcast coming to podcastone.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.